Good day and welcome, friends, to the court of the Trashy Royals, where our betters, with their fancy titles, have been behaving badly since the beginning of us telling stories about them. My name is Stacy. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, friends, Alicia here. Welcome into our trashy court today. We have arrived at the 15th century. Huzzah! Wow. Speeding through time. We are out of the 1300s. We are in the 1400s and our current journey into the long shadows of bad familial behavior. Today, it's one of my very favorite stories of our betters behaving badly. The princess and the bad boy. (sighs) Catherine of Valois and Owen Tudor. Owen Tudor is Catherine's second marriage after she becomes the dowager widow of Henry V. And this story, I think, is a true testament to the heart wants what the heart wants, (laughs) the power players surrounding you at court, and how bloodlines do run deep. The offspring of Catherine of Valois from her relationships, one a little bit more scandalous than the other, will change England and the world forever. Let us anon (laughs) to the tale of Catherine of Valois. Welcome to October the 27th, 1401. Hey, we know the date. The birthday of Catherine of Valois. And we do know the date. She's born in Paris. We have crossed into, as I say, the 15th century. And we have a birth date for fair Catherine. But it also helps that Catherine is the daughter of the King of France. Yeah, they do jot that down. They tend to, at some point, they tend to jot those down. Record keeping. Catherine's father is Charles VI. So, you know, it helps to be remembered if you're the child of a king. We're going to talk about Charles VI in one second. I just want to do a little bit of benchmark setting here. At the time of Catherine's birth in 1401, the Hundred Years' War with France is in its 64th year. Okay. Like so much fighting and plagues and little ice ages too, Eddie III has worked it out in England for a while. His throne, Eddie III's throne, doesn't go to Edward the Black Prince because right. he dies before Eddie III. Mm-hmm. So Eddie III's throne is going to the 10-year-old Richard II, who just gets crueler and crueler as the years go on. We have met the child bride of Richard II. Remember, Richard II is deposed and executed. It's to his cousin Henry IV that the crown goes to, or technically it's seized by Henry IV. Potatoes, potatoes. The Lancastrians are in charge at this point. Henry IV is the son of Gaunt, the prince without a kingdom, finally claiming a throne for his family. Now, Henry IV is going to marry. His first marriage produces Henry V, who is the future groom of our fair Catherine of Valois today. Okay. Definitely some years in between Henry V and Catherine, like 15 years. I'm just trying to connect everything in the time frame. So Henry V is going to assume his throne at the age of 26. This is in 1413. 
when his father Henry IV dies at the age of 45. And his future bride is 12? Uh, in, in the beginning of negotiations, yes. 11, 12, great. It's going to take a long time to get him hitched, though. Hmm. So Henry V assumes the throne, and he's not exactly a boy king. He's grown. He's in his mid-20s. And over time has been continuing to take responsibility within the reign of his father. Henry V is definitely in battle and campaigns during the Hundred Years' War conflict. Kind of admirable. People aren't really sure what Henry V is going to do, though. There's a terrible snowstorm the day that he's crowned and everybody's like, oh, well, this is going to be great or this is going to be terrible. Which one is it going to be? Henry V is not the story I'm telling today. It is Catherine of Valois, born in October of 1401, with all of the above happening in the world. Yeah, this, this is the milieu, if you will. Correct. Sure. When Catherine's born, Henry IV is on the throne, and it would be terribly helpful to make a marriage partnership between England and France, who've been fighting now for almost seven decades. This is the world that Catherine enters into. She is the daughter of Isabeau of Bavaria and Charles VI, King of France. Okay. Who is also known, Charles VI is, as Charles the Mad. Mm. You know, affectionately. Because Charles VI is the king and no one really wants to call out that he's possibly suffering from catatonic schizophrenia. Handy, handy. Well, catatonic schizophrenia isn't a thing at the time. Well, it, it is a thing. It is not a known thing. They don't call it that. Right. All the court knows is that sometimes the king, Charles VI, just goes into stupors. He can't move. Or if he does move, his movements are unusual. He has selective mutism. Real argument for at least irregular elections here. <laughs> just saying. This is known as the King's Madness, and Charles, in one of his manifestations of this, believes that he's made of glass, so if you touched him, he would break. Wow. It's not great, this mm -hmm. condition, and it turns out this condition is hereditary. So more than likely, Charles VI will pass along his condition to his grandson, who will shortly be coming into the story that grandson is Henry VI, who tends to go catatonic at the worst times of the War of the Roses. Right, and you can tell they're related because of the same last name, the Sixth. The Sixth. <laughs> That's exactly right. So Catherine grows up pretty neglected. Everybody's way more concerned about her made-of-glass father. Isabeau, her mom, sort of gets slung up in trying to help the country of France, but she's sort of revisionist history at the end is kind of loose and it who knows how much of all that is but little Catherine grows up kind of lonely kind of neglected and from a very early age being made to be the pawn of I got a tiny baby girl finger remember it's Catherine's sister Isabella of Valois that Catherine Swinford took to marry Richard II sure it's not like all the girls in Catherine's family like are kind of getting slung up in all this nonsense so we need to have a husband before we can have babies. So. Right. Baby girl finger needs a baby girl ring. Right. So as Henry IV is on his wind down in life, there are negotiations happening as early as the age of 11 for Catherine 
to marry her to Henry V. He's in his mid-twenties. She's like 11. By 1413, Henry IV, out, dead. And welcome to Henry V. In 1414, contract negotiations are opened again when Henry V is recognized as heir to the French throne. Charles VI is still alive. Okay. But Henry V is like, it's cool. Henry V in England. Correct. Is recognized as heir to the French throne. Once Charles dies, yes. Interesting. Because of these negotiations, or does he have a bloodline separate uh, Isabel of yes France? Yes and yes. Okay. Both. Okay. Henry V knows he's going to be king of France when Charles kicks it. Finally, wine and cheese. Well... Not exactly. It's going to take a few years because Henry V is like, hot diggity dog. I'm going to be the king of France. So in 1415, Henry V is going to take off to claim some more of France, try to work on these negotiations to marry our young fair Catherine of Valois. It's going to take five years for this to happen. Wow. Henry's determined, though, and in those five years, he's going to get all of the things that Henry wants, including this dynastic marriage. It is finally, after five years of battling the French, on June the 2nd, 1420, that Catherine of Valois and Henry V are married. Our new queen is 19 years old. Our king is 34. So, I mean, age-appropriate-ish. That's a long negotiation for a period of time when the average lifespan was like 41. <laughs> well, they the couple gets married first in France, and it's all looking pretty good. They make it back to England, and Catherine is crowned queen in February of 1421, and everybody's back in England, and huzzah! Long live the new king and queen. But Henry's brother dies in France. And Henry V is so mad he wants to take revenge. So Henry V leaves his new bride and also pregnant bride hmm. to go fight because of revenge. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is not the most strategic of moves for Hank. So Catherine is pregnant. Catherine has a son. December the 6th, 1421 at Windsor. Welcome to baby king Henry VI. What happens to Henry V? Does he ever meet his son, Henry VI? Absolutely not, because yeah. he takes off for his revenge plans in France and dies of dysentery. It is so weird that hostilities continued, even though the lineage was going to, or the, the throne was going to go to him anyway. It's we just want to fight for my right to something. Well, we thought we had problems with like a child king mm. with Richard II and we've seen this happen before but welcome to the 9-month-old baby king. Mhm, baby king of England Henry VI. Literal baby king. Literal. Now, baby king the 6th has a a guy, one of his uncles watching out for him, Humphrey Duke of Gloucester. But let's just talk about Catherine of Valois cuz this is her story. In autumn of 1422, here's Catherine. She's been married two years. She has a one-year-old son and is now the dowager widow of King Henry say, yeah. V. She's a 20-year-old widow. Well, and on top of already what sounds like a pretty tumultuous time in her early young life, her father, Charles VI the Mad, dies in France a few months later. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot to handle. Now, Catherine's infant son, Henry VI, 
is the king of England and France. <laughs> uh-huh. Ah, <sighs> he's holding the baby rattle of the kingdom, right? But think of all the families that we've already talked about who have older men who might perhaps like a bit of this power, the royal cheese and the rattle, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Now, Catherine at this time is into the royal diapers. She has a child to care for. He's the king, but he's still a baby. Yeah. So by the time that young Henry VI is about five years old, six, this is 1427 or so, rumors are around the court. Catherine has a boyfriend. Catherine is in love. How does that go? Yeah, how does that go down? Well, let's talk about who he is first. Because of who he is, it's not going to go down great. Hmm. Who is he? Who's Catherine's mystery boyfriend? He is the second Duke of Somerset, Edmund Beaufort. <sighs> you know the name Beaufort. Let's talk about Edmund for a second. Edmund is 21 and hot to trot. That Beaufort name sounds real familiar. We've heard about Edmund before. Let's connect him in. I was going to say, John Agant's son or grandson? Grandson. Okay. You're so there. Edmund is the son of John Beaufort, the first of those sons from the illegitimate to legitimate line of John of Gaunt and Catherine Swinford. Sure. Named for some vineyard in France that that John of Gaunt also owned. That's it. He couldn't have an English claim, so the Mm -hmm. Beaufort is a French-claimed title. That all went down last week. And remember the whole agreement, Beauforts. You can inherit lands and titles, but it's a no-go for the actual throne. Good luck, Beauforts out there in the world. And remember Humphrey, Duke of Gloucester, he's the son of Henry IV. He's in charge of all the things. Humphrey, Duke of Gloucester, is a Lancaster through and through. Edmund Beaufort, remember the Beauforts are from the Lancastrian family, but Edmund Beaufort, kind of young, kind of sexy, he's the Duke of Somerset, trying to woo the queen, the Dowager Queen. He's going to try his luck with the beautiful widow Catherine, Dowager Queen, and This is going to cause some serious issues, not for Edmund or for Catherine, but for all the lords and nobles, not only the Lancasters, but the Yorks too, who've now been squabbling among themselves about power for two generations. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh no, Beaufort, that's a big no-go. Beaufort and Catherine, it it simply cannot happen. It's unnatural. We cannot allow this union to be. Because nobody wants the Beauforts attaining that right, kind of power. Right, right, We were clear way back when. So Humphrey, helpful uncle that he is, Duke of Gloucester, is so mad that in 1427, old Humphrey enacts a new law. And that law says that the queen may absolutely never marry without the permission of the king. And the king is not able to give you that permission until he reaches his majority, which is around the age of 18. Wow. And one more thing. Okay, so hearing that for Catherine, okay, I need to wait another decade and a half to marry Edmund. But what Edmund hears is the second part of this new law, which is if you go ahead and marry the queen without permission of the king, you will forfeit any lands and titles that you do currently possess. And you just don't give up the title of Duke of Somerset once you've gotten it. Oh, sure. And all the lands and all the rents and income from those lands. Like, yeah. You're, mm-mm. Mm-mm. 
So the Beauforts have descended from the Lancasters, and the Yorks, who are technically all part of that same family, it's all just power plays. And the Yorks are promoting Humphrey, as the Yorks want the Beauforts as much out of the way as the Lancasters do. This is all kinds of a family hot mess. Welcome to Sunday dinner, right? It's terrible. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The world's most exciting podcast, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I'm Michael Savage, host of the Savage Nation podcast, home of borders, language, and culture. Hear my new podcast each week as I speak with top guests from around the world. Right now, we have over 700 shows in our library. Featuring interviews with world leaders, scientists, faith teachers, and more, including President Donald Trump, Prime Minister of Israel Ehud Barak, Edward Teller, the father of the hydrogen bomb, Jerry Falwell, and so much more conversations and commentary you cannot find anywhere else. Other guests have included Samuel Cohen, the father of the neutron bomb, Breitbart's Alex Marlowe, the great author Peter Schweitzer, Colonel Douglas McGregor. Be here or be nowhere, the Savage Nation podcast. Catch the Michael Savage podcast on all podcast platforms every Tuesday and every Friday. Edmund Beaufort, second Duke of Somerset, gets the heck out of Dodge. He's like, sorry, Catherine, this is even too hot for me. Yeah. I like my lands. Yeah. I like being rich. Have you looked at what it's like to be poor? Catherine, though, she's 28. Her son's a little older. It's 1428 by this point. Catherine has a new boyfriend who is even more unsuitable than the last boyfriend. Not that Catherine cares, because this guy is sexy and he's Welsh. Enter Owen Tudor. Dun dun. They're meat cute as well. <laughs> I don't know. Owen works in the household of her son. Maybe he's a keeper of the wardrobe. Maybe he's a pony boy. Maybe he's a butler. Whatever it is, it's super convenient for Catherine and Owen just right there in the household to carry yeah. on their love affair. Sure. This all goes down at Windsor Castle. And what do you know? Soon enough, Catherine, Dowager Queen, is pregnant. By 1429, Catherine is no longer living in her son's household. Sure, buy that woman some very large sweaters. <laughs> Get a good handbag. Right. <laughs> Okay, so 1429, Catherine's pregnant. Maybe or maybe not, there's a marriage with Owen Tudor. No documentation is ever found that 
they were married, but who doesn't love a possible secret marriage? Sure. And also, I guess Owen Tudor does not have lands or titles to forfeit in the event Heck that no, he... Heck no, he's Welsh. He can't hold anything in English. <laughs> Welsh never... <laughs> Welsh people well, no, never... England, like... No, he, but he's not gentry. He's not titled. That's he's exactly not, right. He's not just, yet. <laughs> just a random guy working mm-hmm. in the palace. Yeah. Which is, like, completely unsuitable. So maybe a marriage... Maybe not a marriage. It's hard to believe that Catherine would, wait for this, go on to have six kids with Owen Tudor if perhaps she wasn't married. Man, I'm just imagining just joy in the Lancaster and York family. The Duke right of Gloucester now. is so oh mad. But he's not really mad because nobody knows about it yet. This is all still like quiet and undercover. The six kids that Catherine and Owen have, the four you need to be concerned about, Edmund, Jasper, Owen, and Margaret. Those four. Those children are going to be coming back around again soon. Oh, yeah. Because it's all so connected. Yeah. Okay, so again, no proof of marriage, which will become a really big deal later. And okay, add to but that. But we have established that record keeping in this time was at best spotty. Atrocious. Now add to that, Owen Tudor is mentioned, is a Welshman. He's not an Englishman. There's some machinations here, but the thing is, Catherine's out of court, and nobody really knows anything about her love affair, marriage, multiple children with Owen Tudor until really close to her death. It ends up getting pretty complicated. She dies at an early age after living like a decade of really good times, Dowager Queen of England with her delicious affair with her sexy Welshman. Okay, everything's going great from 1428 until about 1436. Like, is she off in Wales? Like, is she, like, hiding out with them or? They're just not at court. Okay. They're somewhere in the country. I don't think they're, I'm not uh, sure. Out of sight, out of mind as far as. Location where they are, but they're just keeping their love, marriage, mm-hmm. uh, growing family just kind of undercover until. 1436, when that old Humphrey, Duke of Gloucester, gets wind that Catherine the Dowager Queen has been married almost a decade and has all these kids, too. So Owen Tudor is then captured because he's breaking all the laws. I mean, I was just a pony boy. (laughs) Okay, so here Catherine is separated from her... The love of her life. The love of her life, Owen Tudor, and her children. And is exiled, essentially, with no husband, no kids, uh, very sad. She dies in childbirth in 1437 at the age of 35. Wow. Heartbroken. Mm -hmm. She does write a will three days before her death, so perhaps she'd been ill with something. Mm -hmm. Perhaps she's dying of a broken heart. No one really knows. I think if the pregnancy may have... I mean, she would know by that point what a a normal pregnancy feels like if... She felt like it was off somehow, I can see. Also, just giving birth in that time was dangerous. Dangerous. Catherine of Valois, as the Dowager Queen of Henry V, is buried in Westminster Abbey, given a queen's funeral. And she's there for a hot minute, but she's not there in eternal peace forever. This is trashy. So originally, Catherine does have a queen's funeral, But over the course of building, the ladies' chapel comes down. Perhaps Henry VII, her grandson, is looking to up his legitimacy stakes a little bit when he finally can take over. 
Essentially, Catherine of Valois' body was removed from all the fail-safes of, you know, keeping a body buried. And so her corpse was just out in the open where you can see it for a small fee. You can touch it. You can kiss it. You can prey on it. This happened in her grandson's reign? This happened for the next 400 years until Queen Victoria gets on the throne 400 years later and is like, can we please bury the remains of what are left of this poor woman? Isn't that terrible? This is not Russia. Bury the body. Catherine of Valois was a tourist attraction. You'd go and like pay a few sixpence or whatever so you could touch the hand of the queen. Oh, it's just terrible. Her body was pretty well abused from Mm -hmm. the waist up. Her legs were in perfect condition when she was reinterred because nobody ever went down to her legs. Oh, it's all terrible. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Queen Victoria. Yeah, for real. Oof. And the the Russia joke is because the Russians kind of famously pickled parts of interesting deceased people. Oh, so. we're getting to the Romanovs. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. you worry. Mm-hmm. They did a lot of weird stuff weird, with parts weird after stuff. birth. A lot of a lot of big jars. So Catherine of Valois. Ah, oh, it's so sad. Again, passes away age of 35, maybe childbirth, maybe she's ill. Her passing away is lost to the historical record of time, but Catherine, by the time she passes away, her son is almost getting close to his age of majority. He's about 16 now. This is Henry VI? Henry VI. Okay. And now his mother, the Dowager Queen, is dead, and Henry VI has a stepfather, Owen Tudor, and some step-siblings, too. And old Henry VI, the about-to-be-catatonic king, and soon-to-be-married to Margaret of Anjou, <laughs> Mad Mags. Oh, God. We're going to be talking about all of this in the next episode. I just wanted to get through Catherine of Valois, get us to the 1430s, because we have so many players to talk about, and it was important to me to focus on Catherine of Valois today. Mm-hmm. Because her progeny is about to culminate in the Tudor dynasty after we get through a few more characters. One more generation to get through. I mean, we're almost just done now with the Hundred Years' War. Mm -hmm. And the War of the Roses is coming up, well, roses soon enough. Not too many roses, though, for poor Owen Tudor after Catherine's death. Owen's enemies are like, great. Can we get this Welsh loser out of here, please, now? They have Owen captured tried he is acquitted and he's released then he's seized again like owen goes through some super tough times he's in the crosshairs for quite a number of years eventually once henry the sixth does come into his majority he will pardon his stepfather owen tudor and owen will reassume a place in the household of his stepson there's a little lead in for next time. Still as an employee, though, not as a member of the court or anything? Not as a member of the court. Okay. But that's coming. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 all coming around again. As for trashy crowns for Catherine, I'm going to tell you, I love her story. I kind of dig her for doing exactly what she wants to do. Yeah, went off and lived her best life. Determined to find happiness and building a life with the sexy guy she wants. No longer being a neglected pawn in her father's plans, Mm -hmm. or any country's plans. Thank you very much. So I'm going to give Catherine of Valois a halo, I guess. Humphrey, Duke of Gloucester, for sure. You get a bunch. 
Owen Tudor, we'll see if crowns are saved for him next time around. I think the trashy crowns, though, in this one really do belong to Humphrey. Seems right. Not Catherine. She's amazing. Duke of Somerset probably gets a few. Being like, mm, I like being rich. Peace out. Peace out. I mean, the Beauforts are eventually going to, you know, come mm, back around on sure. the guitar. But it was that first thing that causes the whole rule you can't marry. Yeah. Duke of Somerset, Edmund, he probably gets a few. But yeah, it sounds like Comfrey should get more. Edmund Beaufort's really going to get his in 1455 at one of the first battles of the Wars of the Roses. He'll be coming back around again. But today it was just a little bit of a trashy journey with Catherine of Valois, sad neglected daughter, Queen of England, found love later in life and then sadly died early to have her body abused for 400 years. Thank you, Queen Victoria. There's yes. your... Queen Victoria also gets halos in this story. A little bit, yeah. 400 years later. Can someone please... Please just bury this... the body. Respect this woman. She was a highly influential medieval queen. All right, friends. That's Trashy Royals for the day. Fabulous. We'll be back next week. We're going to be rolling into the 1430s and connecting a few more women power players and some mischievous deeds of men too. Mwahaha. <laughs> Thanks everybody so much for tuning in today and spending your time with us. Thank you also for your emails and your reviews. And yeah, this has been very fun and we've loved hearing from you. It is quite a ride over here at Trashy Royals. We appreciate y'all being in for it until we meet again. Keep your eye on the crown, mm -hmm. eye on the throne. Bury your bodies, people. For real. Mm -hmm. We can celebrate our mothers without being completely disgusting. Big love, everybody. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.